Amen and amen. Glory to God, church. Hey, listen, man, it's a great day to be in God's presence, and it's a great time that I get, it's a great opportunity, rather than privilege, that I get to share God's word with you today. Wherever you're listening from, I got to first tell you this, you are loved by God. You are adored by his people. You are, I adore you so much, and I do not take it for granted that you, you've chosen to share out of your, your time to be in God's presence today. I know it's church online, but hey, listen, man, the fact that you would still take out the time and the effort, right? It's not a, some people might assume that this is a convenience church, but I mean, you literally have to take the effort and the pain, the data and all these things required to, you know, join us for church. And it's just amazing, y'all. I just have to say thank you. God bless you in the name of Jesus for every person who gives and tithes. Hey, listen, man, God bless you. Let me tell you one thing, right? This is an all-inclusive mission. Everyone say, everyone say all-inclusive. Great. We are an all-inclusive ministry, right? Meaning everybody is welcome. Everybody is welcomed. Every person of every tribe, every color, every skin tone, every other, other stuff, right? Everybody is welcome. This is an all-inclusive ministry, and I'm very sure there's a place for you right if it's not a platform then it's a private place maybe it's a session it's a, it's it's a therapy group whatever it is we have all of these things and sure you soon start to hear most of these things in in coming months but i guess i just got to tell you this is an all-inclusive ministry and so everybody's included everybody's included right catholic uh, uh presbyterian i don't know orthodox whatever whatever or pentecostal right or non-denominational <laughs> every person is welcome to god's house and it's an amazing time to be in god's presence i love y'all thank you so much hey listen man um i want you to if you are if you're with the bibles right now just quickly 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 join me in the book of first peter I, I believe i've got a word from god and to be honest i think i got like two words i'm gonna see if there's any way in this sermon today where these two words can uh combine or just have this collage whatever but if there isn't then you're just probably gonna hear the word another day yep uh join the book of first peter and by the way i gotta say this now next week sunday is our father's day and our father um my father i i consider him to be a father for me uh would be speaking here next week sunday um if all goes right and well, if you, it's going to be an online service because he's not in the same city and his schedule would not permit him to come all the way. I wish I wish he could have. I wish things were, have worked that way. It would have been awesome. Y'all would have gotten to meet him one-on-one. -on -one. But it's still great, right? It's great. Uh, he'll be joining us. He'll be blessing this house. And be speaking to us, I think, on the subject of honor or something like that next week sunday y'all know the time so invite every person tell everybody the pastor michael victor will be here next week sunday for online service amen um for today y'all join me book is first peter chapter five thank you holy spirit first peter chapter five and uh we'll start from verse verse six we'll start from verse okay let's start from verse five right it says this in the same way you are younger submit yourselves to your elders all of you Clothe yourselves with humility towards one another because God opposes the proud but shows favor. And verse shows, says, shows grace to the humble. And verse 6 says this, Humble yourselves therefore under God's mighty hand that he may lift you up in due time. Cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. Verse 8, Be alert and of sober mind. Your enemy the devil prowls around like a roaring lion 
looking for someone to devour. Resist him, verse 9. Standing firm in the faith, because you know that the family of believers throughout the world is undergoing the same kind of sufferings. And verse 10, And the God of all grace who called you to his eternal glory in Christ, after you are suffered a little while, will himself restore you and make you strong, firm, and steadfast. Will make you strong, firm, and come on, can I just get three people who right now who would just join me right now on the community platform, whatever you're listening from, and just say with me, strong, firm, steadfast. Come on, say everybody with me. Strong, firm, and steadfast. That's our portion in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Uh, this uh, afternoon or whatever time, whatever time you're listening to this, the word of my spirit, it's been actually it's been there and it's been in my notes for a couple, couple of weeks now. It's actually because uh, let me say, let, let me set you up. Uh, let me tell you the setup before um, I tell you the title of my sermon before we go into it. I hope we're all still standing. Yeah, uh, let's be standing. So here's the thing, right? Every June in this ministry, we kind of dedicated to discipling. Meaning every sermon you hear in that month is supposed to tend towards it's supposed to tend towards the discipling side. Um, supposed to teach us some of the nitty gritty things that, that that comes with discipleship and not just the fancy Christian stuff that we post, that we can post on social media. Because I mean, if you agree with me, right? There's some things you cannot post. You cannot post in, in, integrity, for example. You cannot post integrity. You cannot post patience. You, you can't post that. You can't post none of that. Those integral core characters that cannot be Instagrammed. Are the things that 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 really matter? I mean, if you agree with me, it, it, it's it's not just about how wealthy you can show off all that money, but what's your how's your how's your inside? How are your insides, right? Like, are you healthy on the inside? You can't even post your liver, right? How much more your your uh, heart situation, your heart's condition? You cannot really post any of those things. And so, anyway, this month we focus on things that you cannot post. I mean, of course, you can post the sermon. Of course, please share the sermon after this end of, after the end of this today's service. And I, whenever you listen, please share the sermon. It's a great sermon. But that's not just it. It's the results is what I'm talking about. Now, I don't want to keep because I'm. Yeah, I know you're standing. I don't want to keep you standing for long. So the word, my spirit for us today is, um, I've seen this tactic before. I've seen this tactic before. Right now, we just bow your heads as I pray, as we pray together, actually. Dear Heavenly Father, God, we thank you, God, for your time like this in your presence. It is better than a thousand elsewhere. Thank you, Father God, for the blessing of your word. Like bread from heaven, God, fill us where we are hungry the most. And God, like fresh waters flowing out of heaven's brook, Father God, quench our thirst and fill us with that living water and living bread. Thank you, Father God. Transform our lives and bless us like never before. It's in your son's name, Jesus, that we have prayed. Amen and amen. God bless you. You may be seated in God's presence wherever you're listening from. It's a great time to be in God's presence once again. Hey, listen. Um, I, I, <clears throat> I love several things. I love preaching the gospel. Of course, uh, it's a blessing. It's a, it's an awesome privilege, to be honest, to preach the gospel. I do not take it for granted. I've been doing this for years now, actually. Actually, I've been doing this since I was like uh, seven years old. Yeah, I remember I've been doing this one since I was seven years old. Then I was so short, and I was to speak to an audience of adults. 
And I remember I had to stand on a stool. I've said this before. I had to stand on a stool so I could not move around. And I love to move around. But I had to stand on a stool because I was shorter than the pulpits. Y'all remember pulpits of those days? No, the fancy pulpits we got now in church is like one. No, talking those really massive things that uh, aluminium, it's like aluminium glass, aluminium glass. It's like uh, one place is for the bell. One place, one place is for the interpreter's Bible. It's always funny. And the Bible's always open in church. I don't know why. They're always open about maybe to like, to send evil spirits away or something like that. But yeah, that was the kind of pulpit I stood behind when I started preaching for the very first time. When I, was, I was about seven years old. I remember what I, I remember the title. Of, no, I remember what I preached about. I was preaching about murmuring. God hates murmuring. Oh God, you gotta hear, you, I wish you had heard that sermon. God hates mummering, right? And I, it wasn't, now here's, here's a good part of it. I know I was seven years old. I saw just, so someone's like, Pastor Manu, you're capping right now. You're seven years old, you preach about mummering? No, here's the thing, right? The sermon was written for me. <laughs> I had a ghostwriter writing sermons, right? <laughs> not just kidding. It, it's, I, I think the children's church coordinator at the time, I think that's what he was. I don't remember. He was the one who wrote the sermon and handed it over to me. So I, I remember going through, going over the sermon with my parents behind our dining table the previous night. And I went up that following day, Sunday, to preach it. And our children and the I guess, this is when I was seven years old. He remembers I was very young. And I mean, thank God for God, right? And you know what's most funny about it is now I feel very convicted by the sermon I preached when I was seven years old. Because I know I, I know I preached at seven not to ever murmur, but I cannot tell you how many times I must have. Like it's like ah, it's like ah, I'm now being, I'm now being, I'm, I'm caught in the web of my own actions and my own doings. I'm undone by my own doing. <laughs> amen. Amen. Um. Anyway, I love preaching, but another thing I love is seeing movies now. I'm going to tell you, this is one area of my life where I am, what God is working on me. It's really dealing with me, the area of discipline. Because I could have something really important to do, but dog, if you play that movie and it's good, I'm stuck. All right? I remember one time I saw the entire Money Heist. I saw the entire Money Heist, that I think it was from season one to up until season three or something like that. Or season four, rather. I saw the entire Money Heist. In just a few days. And I'm like, when I finished seeing that movie, I felt the Holy Spirit say, yeah, yeah, you're done with movies for now. And that was around May 2020. I was like, and the Holy Spirit was like, you're done with movies for now. I don't remember, I, I, don't, I don't think I saw any movie until probably like, nah, I'm not even, this is not me like capping or whatever. This is, I, I don't think I saw any movie until like November that year or December. Not like I didn't, I was not in the living room when my family was watching TV. I, there were times like that, but I, those times were very few. But anyway, so you know advice, and my, one of my, I don't know, maybe not advice, but one of my uh, problems is seeing movies. No, not my problem. One of my favorite things in the world is seeing movies. Movies are an amazing part of life because they help, you know, spark my creativity, the creativity in my mind. And I, I consider myself a movie critic. Somebody's somebody probably wondering, when is this dude going to preach or is he going to keep talking about himself? Just shut up and listen. I'm just kidding. Just listen to me and flow with me. So I, I actually do consider myself a movie critic. I remember critiquing some movies, and I still do this till date. If I say this movie is a 3 over 5 or 3 over 10, if you Google IMDb ratings, you would not find any, any, any different. Matter of fact, uh, it, this is spot on. I, I've seen movies and I'm just like, this is it. I'm, what's, and they ask me, what's, the, what's, your, what's your rating for this movie? I say 4 over 10. And they go and check, and indeed it's a 4 over 10. Sometimes I say it's a 7 over 10. 
and they go and check because I'm that good of a movie critic. So now, as much as I, I love movies, I, I, there's a thing I discovered about movies. It's how, some, it's, it's how lately, I don't know if you noticed this, there's been some similarities in movies. It's like 2019, for example. I remember this, this is so, I remember this very well because I'm a movie guy. 2019, I remember Will Smith dropped about two to three movies. The first movie being Bad Boys. The second movie was Aladdin, or Aladdin, whatever. And the third movie was Gemini Man. I don't know if you remember Gemini Man. Gemini Man, I'm sorry. Gemini Man. And I, I saw something in this movies except the aladdin because aladdin was a, is a famous story we've we've seen aladdin since i've known aladdin since i was a kid the flying mat kid but that's different i saw a similarity between bad boys four and uh the other one gemini man and he made me just feel come on now y'all should find better writers and it's like the two in the two movies will smith had a copy of him the first was in Bad Boys where he had a son he had no idea about and that his son was designed to kill him. And the second was in Gemini Man where the company that he worked for as an assassin created a clone of him which was like 20 years, young, was 20 years younger than him. It was a perfect replica of him and he was designed to kill him. And I'm like, I see the similarities in these two movies. Like, I, I, I can see that though the writers may be different, but the strategy of writing is the same. I can see that though the, the, the setup might be different, but there is this, there's this line that they both are tinging towards. It's making sense now. I can see that though they are two different movies, but they've got the same actor in them. I mean, the same main actor, brain protagonist in the two movies. And for some reason, the script writers might have been different, but the storylines, they, they align. The, 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 story, the, the entire story might be different, but you see the tactic. Mm. I've seen it before. The tactic. It's not new. The tactic, it's not new. And really, bringing this back to 1 Peter 5, what we just read, I love it so much because Peter tells us something really peculiar about, about our faith. Look at what it says. In, in, in verse 6, it says, Humble yourselves therefore under God's mighty hand, that he may lift you up in due time. Then verse 7 says, cast all your anxiety, or a version in King James says, care upon him, because he cares for you. Verse 8 then says, be alert and of sober mind, because your enemy, actually the, the King James says, your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, looking for whom to devour. And so it's like, listen, he, he's trying to tell you the same thing. That I know, look at what, because this is, this is what I'm going to say this. And then I'll tell you what I want to say. Look, look at the last part of verse 9. It says this. Because you know that the family of believers throughout the world is undergoing the same kind of sufferings. So it's like, I know that yours might be different from theirs, but y'all are still going through some problems. I don't know if it makes sense. It's like, though the setup is different, and how you feel pain is different, and the pain you feel is different, and maybe different, but in the bottom of everything, in the substratum of everything, it is the same thing y'all are going through. 
Are you following me now? Like it says in the book of James, there is no temptation. There is no new... Okay, let me first go back. Going back to Ecclesiastes, it says, There is nothing new under the sun. Though the setup might look different. But you see this tactic? This strategy? This storyline idea? It's very familiar. Are you following me, everybody, now? And Paul here... Sorry, um, Peter, rather, is here trying to encourage his... The, 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 uh, the, the believers that this letter was intended for. But while he's doing that, he says that um, in verse 8, it says, Be a lot of a sober mind, your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, looking for whom? That's looking for someone to devour. And I begin to think. Because you see, you probably have never thought about this before. But the verse that comes right before this verse that I just read, that we just read together, you know what it says in verse 7? It says, cast all your anxiety on him, that's Jesus, because he cares for you. And then just right after that, Peter talked about the enemy going about like a roaring lion. So I guess the enemy, is, uh, sorry, I guess Peter here is saying, hey, cast your cares on Jesus, your anxiety on him. Because... I don't know if you know this, but the enemy is really looking for someone that has got bread that he can feed on. The bread of anxiety, the bread of fear, the bread of depression, the bread of, you know, just that burden. Are you following me, everybody? And Peter is telling us, hey, cast your cares on time. Because the devil is, look, is going about looking for someone he may devour. The enemy is going about looking for someone who has what he needs. Fear. Fear is the enemy's food. The enemy is looking for people that has got his food because he's hungry all the time. Amen now. The enemy is hungry all the time. And he's looking for someone that has got the bread he needs. And so Peter says, here saying, hey, listen guys. Verse 9, resist him, standing firm in the faith, because you know. Mm. You know what I love so much about this? It's Peter is telling us to resist the devil because we know. To resist the devil because we know. He's saying, hey, resist the devil because you know. Resist the devil because you know. You see, um, if you've ever been in an area where people got robbed easily, say pickpockets, or back snatchers if you, before if, you, if your bags ever been snatched or you've, you've heard of stories of people whose bags have been snatched my bag has never been snatched glory to god because i'm a, i'm a bit that i'm a bit the hell out of that kid right okay no just kidding but you know one thing that's very funny about back snatchers and people who are in areas like that is the first time a person's bag is snatched is 
it's usually because the person is ill-informed about the environment. You're careless about it. You don't really care. You don't really know. You think everybody's a loving citizen until your, your back gets snatched, all right? But next time you get informed, oh, they tell you, oh, the snap bag's around here, the peak pocket's around here. What do you find yourself doing? You find yourself clinging to your bag even tighter. You put your bag in and your, your wallet's in a place where you can, it cannot get stolen, or your phone in a place where it cannot get stolen. Because you understand the tactic, tactic of the enemy. Because the enemy understands, I mean, when I say the enemy, the back snatcher is what I'm talking about. The bag snatchers understand that, you, you, that for them to snatch your bag, you have to not be conscious of it. And so they can run and just snatch the bag out of your, your hand and keep running with it. Or, if it's a wallet, they got to find you in a position where it's tight around there. And so many people are, are, are maybe trying to get on a bus. And that way they're able to touch, go into your pockets in your pocket and you would not even know. A trick. Are you following me now? And so, I want you to think of it as in, in the same way. The enemy is trying to steal your joy, right? But there's always a setup. Are you following me now? There's always a, 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 a pattern. Everybody say pattern. There's always a pattern whereby we know that the enemy is after something. Or we know that the enemy is at work. Are you following me now? And one of the, one of the very first patterns that I want you to, to live here with today, knowing, because he says, look at what he says. Peter says, resist because you know. We resist the enemy because we know. Listen, you cannot fight what you do not even understand. I mean, you constantly get defeated by something you cannot even understand. Something you've not, you cannot see. Are you following me now? Now, though we do not see the, the devil eyeball to eyeball, but it is easy to trace his steps. It is easy, right? To trace his steps. To understand that the enemy has done this. I follow me, everybody. So the very first place that we find out that the enemy is after something that God wants. The first tactic of the enemy that is so rampant in this day and age is this one word. Everybody say offenses. Come on, hear me, irritate. Say offenses. Come on, type it in the chat right now. Offenses. Come on, if you're in your room listening to this replaying on, on, on podcast, whatever, I want you to shout right now in your room. Say offenses. Great, great, great. You see. In the book of Luke chapter 17, in verse 1, I read it to you. Luke 17, 1, it says, She said to the disciples, Things that cause people to stumble are bound to come. Stop there. Things that cause people to stumble are bound to come. And the King James, just the way it's written, King James, I love it better. It says that offenses will arise. Offenses will come. Are you following me, everybody? Offenses will what? Come. And it makes me think that, you see, because it, it, it's not just, it, not just in people that I've uh, counseled or counseled or whatever it is, but even in my life, I have discovered that one of the fastest ways to stifle the Holy Spirit is to 
consume that is to is to have in your hands the bread and water of offenses what i mean is to to save offense in your heart are you following me now let me tell you something about offenses let me first ask this question how many of you realize that all of a sudden we are it feels like everybody's on the edge these days like I am on the edge, like y'all are not, I'm not even talking about, okay, just let me talk about myself, y'all, gonna be, your pastor's going to be real with you right now. These days, I can be on the edge. Like, I can be ready to preach one time, one minute, and the next be ready to punch the, the truth of anybody who tries to mess with me in public. I am telling you the truth. Because, it's not just me, right? I see it online, it's everywhere. One person misspeaks. And the entire world is going against them. You cancel him, cancel him, cancel him. And we're in cancel culture. And we are in this season of offenses. You get a, we, we get offense, uh, offended rather very quickly these days. And you too, you do, you do too. I mean, offenses arise. And you know the craziest thing? It's usually. We get offended the most by those who are closest the most. Because how I many of you agree with me? Um, it is not really it, it it is not really painful until it comes from someone who is really close. Because those people we, those people we, we we love the most, we kind of set expectations for them. Sometimes stupid imaginary expectations we set for, for people, and I do this as, as well. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not um, masquerading under anything. I'm just being real. I do it too. I set the bar of expectation for people so high, not even for people alone, for God as well. We set the expectation for how God will do certain things when He will do certain things in in, my, in our lives. We, we set this expectation. And when it feels, it seems as though he falls below it, or it performs in a way that is separate from my expectation, we get offended. When people act to us in ways that we 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 thought, come on now, I I, I set you here, but you've fallen so far. What do we do? We get offended. Offense is now the currency that this world trades in. We don't only trade in dollars and pounds, we also trade in offenses. It should be somewhere in, 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 on, forex, on the forex charts, right? What, what do you want to trade in? We're buying and selling offenses. This is not just doubles and against Japanese, whatever. It is offenses because offenses is something that is so famous in this time. You get offended by your friend who forgot your birthday and did not wish you, but they posted on that day. <laughs> You get offended by someone who promised to be there and did not, and, 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 and did not show up. You get offended by, I mean, it's, we are in the season of offenses and it's super crazy. You get offended by that family member that you expected to show up for you, but didn't show up or couldn't show up. And at first, he didn't start as offense. Some of the, you, you were tolerating what they were doing. You were like, yeah, you're making excuses for why they could not show up for you. Yeah, they're probably just busy. And the excuses kept piling up to a point where you discovered that your heart was hardening. I follow me, everybody. Offenses. Everybody see offenses. It's the first thing.
that we in this day and age struggle with. And here's the problem with offenses, right? Offenses, they are, they, they, they seem innocent. They, they seem like, oh, no, man, I'm just, I'm just processing the other person's actions to me. It's like, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not fighting nobody. I ain't fighting nobody. But here's the thing, I'm just going to let them know that what they did to me the other day was trash. <laughs> like, are, are you following me right now? It's like, I, I, I'm, not, I'm not trying to hold nobody in my heart, but that's just, they, they got to know. They got to know that, listen, man, what they did to me the other day, what they did to me the other day, it, 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 it's bad, it's bad, it's, 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 it's bad. And, and, and they, they, they would not like, they definitely wouldn't like it if the same thing is done to them. And we say all these things to make ourselves feel better doing the wrong thing. Are you following me now? Jesus said, in the last days, offenses, whoo, offenses will be a famous thing. Are you following me now? Offenses, whoa, will be a famous thing. Amen. Are you following me, Holy Spirit? Are you following everybody? Thank you, Holy Spirit. Because I, I want you to understand. Look at what it says in the book of Hebrews chapter 3 and in verse 13. It says this, but encourage one another daily as long as it is called today. So that, listen to this, so that none of you may be hardened by sin's deceitfulness. We are now captives of offense, everybody. And do you know one of the things I'm learning about offense these days? Because I'm reading a book about it. To be honest, I'm just going to be real with you. I'm reading a book about offenses because, and here's why I'm reading a book. I never thought I was someone who found it hard to forgive. And I did an, an entire eight-week series on forgiveness. Exactly. That's about how far you can go without realizing the truth of your own personal demons. I never knew how much I struggled with, struggled with forgiveness. Now, it doesn't mean I don't forgive people. But I discovered that what I interpreted or interpreted as forgiveness really was just me choosing not to think about it, especially when I don't see them anymore. <laughs> it's like, ah, it's like, yeah. I mean, I thought about someone, I kept thinking about someone this week, to be honest. And I'm like, yeah, man, I'm grateful I have not seen him. It was so, he acted so bad to me. And to be honest, let's be honest with ourselves. When it comes to offenses, there are majorly two groups of people. When it comes to offenses, there are majorly two groups of people. The first are those people who have been genuinely offended. They have been genuinely wronged and hurt by others. By life, by things. Those are the first category of people. And the second category of people are people who feel they have been offended. Who think they have been offend, offended? People like those, like these are people who they, they, they always take correction the wrong way. It's like you correct them, but they think you're fighting against them. And you, so, you do so lovingly. And I'm not talking about people who stupidly correct, just correcting ignorantly. No, people who correct in love, but they take it the other way. And they get offended. You see, offenses, and these are the two major sets of offenses. And let me tell you this, say this. The first, for the first group especially, the offenses are legitimate. The legitimate offenses flying around these days. 
I mean, now it's just legitimate. I mean, is it a ministry? You find offenses, lots of them. A lot of offenses, a lot of them. If I start to share some of them, you you think this is like a therapy session? Like, oh man, I've gone through a lot. Oh, let me tell you what this pastor did. Nah. But there's offenses in ministry. There's offenses in relationships. One person always stepping on the other person's toes. One person being indifferent to the other person's emotions. One person always not, you know, putting on a filter whenever they talk. One person not forgetting stuff that the other person really cares about. One, the other person, I mean, there's, there's that friction in relationships. Not just even lovers, even, even in partnership, in business, there's offenses. There's one person trying to, one person becoming a rival. It's one per, I mean, there is enough reasons to be offended. This is 2023, y'all. Are you following me now? But let me tell you something. Peter says to us in that text of the Bible we just read in 1 Peter 5, it says that be a lot and of sober mind. Be a lot and of a sober mind. Listen, let me tell you something, right? This is how you pro- this is how you process. This is how I want you to start processing offense these days. From now on. I want you to process offense this way. In your mind. When okay, let me ask you this. How many of you? Will be real with me when I ask this question. Because I want people who are real with me. Personally, I have discovered, or I am learning. I keep saying, I would never say, I would stop saying, I've discovered, I've discovered, I've discovered. But I keep, I don't know, don't get offended. <laughs> but I've noticed and learned about myself that often, because I'm an introvert, right? I'm not someone who talks. And even the way I process, Things that annoy me is I just go silent. I don't like to talk, especially not to you. If you were the one who, who, who offended me, I don't, I don't want to talk to you. I just want to go and process it. If I'm able to deal with it, I'll come back and we'll not talk about it. Or if I talk about it, it'll just be very short so we can move on with life. But then I discover, oh, Jesus. <laughs> I'm, I, I have, I'm learning the way, what happens to my heart every time I do not forgive. Every time I take offense to heart, my heart starts to harden. I feel me, everybody. My heart starts to what? Harden. I don't know if you, if you relate to this. Whenever you've not, uh, you, you, you are holding something back. No matter how much, and here's the crazy thing about offenses is that we don't even know all the time. We don't even know if we're not forgiving the other person. Sometimes we still have enough room in our hearts to process and go about our day and do all this other stuff. But just the matter is, the more we continue in this path, because you see, I need you to understand, I need you to understand that offense is a trap, everybody. And the thing about traps is, whenever I think of the word, whenever I think of the concept of traps, I think about hunters, right? Hunters, whenever they go to the forest or the bush whatever to hunt for game what they would do is what they would do is they would keep a trap somewhere probably cover it with bush and bush or, or leaves or whatever so the animal the prey would not um see it and the prey would unknowingly step in the trap and what happens 
pow, thin hooks or holds the, the, the leg of the prey and it bleeds to death. Are you following me now? The same way offense is the trap because y'all, when we step our, dip our feet in it, the enemy gets us. Because remember, he's like a roaring lion looking for whom to devour. I remember the enemy has come for nothing other, John 10, 10, than to steal and to kill and to destroy. Offense is something that is a trap. It is the, one of the biggest traps of the enemy in this day and age. Because people are more forgetful this time. People are, are less considerate because everybody ha of, of other people because everybody has got their own personal problems they're dealing with. And so it is easy for you to get offended. Are you following me now? You, get you can get offended by your taxi driver. Or in the same breath, get offended by your pastor. We I have heard different countless stories, and I have exper experienced some myself, of people who something happened, right? And they say they're offended with their pastor, and they don't go to church, they don't go to that church anymore. It's somehow, I, I don't know, are you following me, everybody? Offenses are traps because the enemy is after you. But, the, but Peter is saying, hey, resist him. Why? Because you know. Resist him. Why? Because you know. Let me, um, let me ask us this question. Because, okay, let me say this. Whenever I think of the word resist, or as I think of it, think of it right now, the first the f example that comes to my mind really is resisting, um, say, harassment. Resisting harassment. Your, uh, to, that, uh, when I think of harassment, really, there are only two kinds of harassment in my mind. I mean, like, right now. This is not me undermining anything. But the first is the well-known rape. That's a kind of a harassment, or or just you know, say, wrongly touching someone in the, touching someone in the wrong way, lustfully, and to yeah, without you know, this is wrong. That's the first harassment. The second harassment is that one that happens when you're working in the market, and there are just there's just, there are many evil boys around trying to get you to buy stuff, and they're always holding you. That to me is an harassment. It's harassment rather. Do not touch me. Don't y'all. You've not even had your bath. Why was that hand right now? That was the same hand you used to eat. Right now, you've not even washed it. And you're touching me, trying to get me to come and buy clothes from your store. Uh-uh. <laughs> I feel harassed. Um, but um, I got to say this. I got to say this before, before I forget. So when I think of resisting, I think of, you know, that thing where you, you, you're, you're being pulled or, you know, target pulled from here and there. And, and everybody's just trying to get your attention. And they touch you. And then you just, you know, you just... Snatch your hand out of the hand. Does it make sense? You you resist. You resisting can mean running. I think about running. I think about Joseph and Potiphar's wife, right? When she tried to to seduce him to sleep, in, sleep into to get him into to get into sleep with her, he resisted and he ran. He resisted. He's like he either pushed her, he ran, whatever it is. But you know, you can only resist when you're not trapped. Doesn't make sense now. You can only resist when you are not trapped. And so, we find it to be a sad fact that the reason many of us have not been able to deal with our anxiety 
We've not been able to resist the enemy. It's because we have been trapped in offenses. But then I love what Peter says. Verse 9 says, resist him. Standing firm in the faith. Because you know that the family of believers throughout the world is undergoing the same kind of sufferings. Because you know that, hey, whatever happened to you, you're not the first that has happened to, and you're definitely not, not going to be the last. I know people don't always like to hear that, but it's the truth. And if you, if you choose to hold on to, your, to the offense that was committed against you, you only put yourself in a prison. Because the word offense, the one that is actually found in the original uh, uh, King James, that word offense in Luke 17, 1, in the Greek is actually the word scandalon. And it's, it's the word for, for uh, uh, kind of like a trap, right? That one steps into and just holds the person. Yeah, it's like a cage, right? It's like, that, that, that's what happens, right? When we allow offenses get to us like that. But you need to realize that Many of you are going through the same sufferings as you're going through right now. Amen now. And so Peter is not trying to minimize our pain or our struggles. Instead, he's saying this. He's saying, be alert and of sober mind. So be alert and of sober mind. Because you see, Going back to verse 7, it says to cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. Cast all your anxiety, cast all your cares, cast all your troubled mind, cast all your dark nights, cast all of your anxiety on him because he cares for you. Hey, listen. Peter is giving us here a quick, a shortcut out of a bad, um, okay, a shortcut out of offenses. Let me say it that way. Because since we're talking about offenses, let me just say, Peter here has given us a shortcut out of offenses. Peter is saying, instead of step of, of dipping your, your, your feet or into that trap, how about you just cast the entire offense over to God? What I mean is, rather than, than putting your, than being entrapped by offenses or by offense, how about you just submit the entire thing to God? Because if you don't, then he talks about the animal. Because we know when there's, there's always a prey, and then do, do you know the other word? There's a prey and there's a predator, right? Whenever there's a prey, there's always a predator, and the, the predator exists to feed on the prey. Are you following me now? So the moment we become a prey of the enemy, by what? By instead of casting all our anxiety, this is what we do most of the time, we reflect on it. Mm. We, 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 we uh, sit on it. We sit there angry and fuming, and we're just praying, we're just in our minds, we're not even telling the other person that we're angry, but we are, we're showing it in our attitude so the other person can know that we're angry. So the other person can come and say sorry first. And in doing all of that, what we are doing, we put our feet in a trap, and now we have become prey for the predator. Who is the predator? The Bible says the following verse then says this. Be alert and of sober mind, for your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, like a predator, looking for whom to, he will devour. Are you following me, everybody? And so the trick of this, the trick, and this is why, this is really why I, 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 I brought this word for us today. I've, I've seen this tactic before, right? When you understand that, there's your, that whenever you put your feet in the trap and you are trapped by, you know, in the walls or, or, or prison of offense, you're just, you're just, you're just 
a short, you're just a short distance away from the predator coming for your joy and all that you have. Because hey, listen, the devil does not have any access into us as children of God. We create access for him. We give the devil access into our minds, into our lives. What do we do? We hold on to offenses. The first door. We get offended. Because like I said, some offenses are legitimate, some are not. Some offenses real. They offended you, they spoke rudely to you, they acted some type of way to you. That's legitimate, right? But there's another side to that. Because I want you to understand that if you understand the, the dangers of, of offense, you'd understand that as a child of God, you really have no rights to be offended. Because you know, what, what, what happens when you, when you step in that trap, the predator comes for you, comes for all that he has. All that you have. It comes for your joy. It comes for your peace. It comes for this, that sound mind that God has blessed you with. There are so, several times, I'll tell you this. I found it difficult to even pray with a troubled mind. Right? I, f- I found it difficult to pray with a troubled mind because my mind is focused on what the other person did. And I'm going to God in prayer. And I'm supposed to be, you know, in prayer, we, we are surrendering and casting all of our cares onto God. But no, what I'm doing is I am there and I'm just mumbling to God. But really what I'm doing is I'm murmuring and I'm reflecting on three, th- you know that thing where, you, where you are, you're, you're, somebody says something to you, something bad to you, but you had no response to them in that moment. And so you go like three days, three days later that you're reflecting on what you should have said three days before. You know things like that where you're like, man, if I just said, if I just said X, Y, Z back, I would have slapped the person in the face with the, you know, and it's like, no, you cannot go back on three days before. Right? Some of you, you we, we waste our time imagining what would have happened if you knew the kind of person they were, right? You would have just avoided them. Are you, are you following me, everybody? And so we, the only way we can resist the devil is in, in, from, you know, in, in, in the coming times and all the senses, first understanding that I've seen this tactic before. This is not the first time the enemy has tried to come for my joy. You have to understand, see, the, 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 we, talk, we say things, things like the enemy, has, the enemy has come to steal my joy. And it's like we say it several, several times, or oh, the enemy has stolen their joy. But you have to understand that there's a pattern in all this. Is everybody see pattern? pattern? There's a pattern in all these things. Right? There's, a, there's a method that the enemy uses. The enemy is not a creator, so he cannot create anything. Not even an idea. What he does is he perverts what God has created. Because the way, the same way God has created peace, how do you, how do you experience peace, the peace of God? By casting all your cares and anxiety upon Jesus. Right? And like, like it says in the book of Philippians before, the, the peace of God that surpasses all human understanding floods your heart. That is the same, that's the way to get peace. Now, how do you get problems? How do you get, how do you get an anxious mind? This is the opposite of peace. How do you get an anxious mind? Rather than casting all your cares, what do you do? You sit, you sit around it, discuss it, right? Uh, 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 ponder upon it. You don't really surrender it. Are you following me, everybody? So I want you to, I, I, the reason I'm pushing this sermon for everybody to hear is I want us to not be unaware Christians, you know, dumb Christians. Christians who are not aware of the world that we are in. Christians who are not aware of the dangers of this time. Christians who are not aware of the tactic of the enemy. Are you following me now? The same way you're able to predict who would win a football match. Just about how confident the players are playing. The same way you're able to, to predict what the, the, the end of a movie just by the storyline, the setup you have seen. Because you know you watch the movie and you're like, mm, I've seen this tactic before. I know how this story ends. You know, when you always see, when you, whenever you see that person in a Christian, Nigerian Christian movie, 
where the, the 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 person is the is the is the black is the black sheep. You already know that something bad will happen to this black sheep at the end of the day. Well, at the end of the day, he will not be surrounded by his family members or be on the hospital bed saying, uh, I give my life to Christ. You, you already know this tactic, right? The same way we are able to predict the end of stuff. Be able to see, as much as we are, it's the spiritual realm and you do not, we do not understand the path, the way God works and all these things, but really we can, you can predict. You can predict that there will be success at the end of a particular thing. Anybody who is faithful with little, the Bible says you'll be faithful with much. So if you are faithful with the little that God has given you, definitely you'll be faithful with the much that God will give you. So God will be able to entrust much into your hand because he has been, you have been faithful with little. The same way, so you can predict, though you might not be able to predict when it would happen or how it, ha- it would happen, but you are able to predict what would happen. Right? The same way, I, I, I want you to be able to understand that we are, we are to be able to predict, we are to be able to predict the end of everything. Even when the enemy tries to get in our minds, we are able to predict Hey, listen, I know I've seen this tactic being used before. I am not new to this strategy of the enemy to get my joy, to get my peace, right? I'm not, I'm not new to this, to this scope of darkness. I am not new to this attack, right? I'm not new to this. It's like, okay, let me ask this, right? Have you ever, have you ever, um, okay, let me say this. I'm just going to say this, right? This happened recently. And it's like, <laughs> You know when you are trying to move forward, but for some reason you keep seeing people from your past? <laughs> it's like, you keep seeing people you have not seen in like five years. I'm like, why are you? Why am I seeing you now? You're, you, you carry bad luck. There's something bad. There's a bad luck around you that I don't want to... You get it? Like, okay, for me it was... Um, I met some people one time um, who really were a bad influence on me. And, me, I, I, and I was like, see, listen. The offense is usually greatest when you're near and up, you're near and uplifting. You're very close to a breakthrough. You're, you're very close to God doing something miraculous in your, your life. You're, you're very close to a new level of, of growth, whatever it is. The offense is always, it's always at the door. See, it's like at the door, you, at the door that takes you or leads you into a greater realm or level of faith or realm of experience. At that door, there's always the devil there with a trap. Would you step in this trap? I feel me now. Would you step in this? Would you just dip your feet in this trap? Because then I saw people that I that I know before, and I'm and I didn't. I, I was unaware. I got offended by by certain things. I I, I, I I'm like, hmm, this person has has a certain influence on me. If I go and start to maybe try to connect with this person and try to you know based on old times, mm, they would drag me back to the past. But God's about to take me into something new. Are you following me, everybody? And so what am I saying? See, look at what it says in verse 6. Peter, 1 Peter 5 and verse 6. And I, I say this and I close. It says this. It says, Humble yourselves therefore under God's mighty hand, that he may lift you in due time. So you see, thank you, Holy Spirit. I love this so much. First thing Peter talks about is a lifting. But then, he talks about something that might stop the lifting. Because the very next verse after that says this. Cast away your anxiety on him because he cares for you. Why? Because a thing that can hinder the lifting is, is that in the following verse talking about how the enemy is going about like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. I you me, everybody? Yes, 
we and this is the problem we, we, we try to do the casting you know giving my my burden to God my anxiety to God giving the problem to God but there is no going back to verse verse uh, 6 now there is no humility first thing Peter says is humble yourselves understand that you're not the first person this has happened to and you will not be the last be humble and understand that even you are angry at that person but you have your own fault as well right understand you be, being humble understanding that even though I might not have had any faults whatsoever and they did me outright bad but honestly as I think about it I've done worse I'll tell you something happened this morning in a roundup it's a just a very quick story and I round up the Holy Spirit like, like I said the Holy Spirit is really working on me in the area of offenses and all these things but this morning <laughs> this is actually very funny I would not say it because it's going to sound very petty so it's like ah the respected man of God has fallen so far how mighty fallen no um, I remember this morning I was in a hurry I was trying to like, get some I think some things done and I walked in my room and I was I started looking for something I was oh, okay. Okay, I'm just. I'm going to say it. it's petty. I'm going to say. It. For, I was actually going to pick something to to get it washed. Then I was like, then I just randomly walked in the room and I was like, huh, my socks is missing. My socks, my socks, missing. This is no. I I kept my socks here. I can't find them. And I just thought, hmm, I know who took it. I know the only thief in this house. No, he's not a thief, but I know the only person capable of performing such hideous, such a hideous crime. It's none other than the one and only president of you know, But I know that my brother was the one who did it. And in that moment, I was pissed. I was like, why in the world would he disrespect me like that? That's the, those, are my, those are the very words I said. And just like that, the Holy Spirit is so perfect. The Holy Spirit came to me, I was like, you did worse to your dad. I'm like, mmm, because fam, I was stealing my dad's socks every, like every day, because like every Sunday, I would go and steal my dad's socks. I can't count how many of my dad's socks I have stolen. I just go there still, because I had one the previous week, but something happened to me. I just went and I got to steal my dad's socks. And then he brought it to me, I'm like, oh, yeah. But you see, if I stepped in that trap, I got offended, I would constrict even the flow of the Holy Spirit. Are you following me now? Because, like I said, one thing that one thing our offenses does is it hardens your heart, and a hardened heart cannot produce flowing waters. Well, we talk about how out of our belly rivers shall flow, the rivers of living water shall flow, right? But if you have a hardened heart, hey, trust me, no river flowing, only lava. Only lava is going to flow out of a hardened heart. Are you following me, everybody? And this is this is really the point I've come to. I, I want you to. I've come to establish today. I want you to go into this new week, right? Even the rest of this year. I want you to understand. Now, this is not just offenses. There's even more. But time will not permit me to to go further. But there's even more. There is sin. It's a trap that you know, right? Like I was talking to, speaking with, uh, um, I think it was you, Sophie, yesterday, and I was talking about how I was. I was. I'm aware of certain uh, triggers. For example. How there's some things I don't do at a certain time of the day, right? I can, you can't expect me at two, two in the morning. Remember I said that two in the morning to start googling some things, even if I'm doing it for research work. I can't because I understand the kind of mind I have, and I understand the tactic of the enemy. The enemy is come for the Bible says Jesus said in John 10, 10, like I said earlier on, he's come to what to steal and to kill and to destroy. It starts from the stealing, but you know, you know, you know, theft is always sometimes subtle. 
you don't always know right it's come to steal it's like people who steal pens back then in primary school secondary school you don't even know who stole it and you don't really mind because you can get home and get another pen for, for the following day it comes to steal you just it steals your piece a little bit but somehow you've been able to cover it up by the ne- that movie you watched but you don't even know he's stealing your joy but you do not realize and then he comes to kill before you know he kills the source of joy totally inside of you and a person that doesn't have joy is as good as dead a person who doesn't have hope is as good as dead before you know it has come to destroy are you following me everybody let's be on our feet real quick this is this is like i said this is a discipling or discipleship time and um i gotta say this right if you're living, breathing, and you're under the sound of my voice, let me tell you this. And I put myself under the same sound, because this is really numb. This is my, you don't hear my voice, but this really is the command of the Holy Spirit to his church. Listen, stay away. Or let me say it this way. I want you to not be, Bible says, be not ignorant of the devil's what? Devices. Don't be ignorant. You know what he says? Be, I love the fact that he says, do not be ignorant. And then going back to what we read in, in, in Peter the other time, in First Peter five, it says that it says resist him, standing firm in the faith, because you know. Be not ignorant of the enemy's devices, because you what you know, you know better than this. You know you ex- you know very well that whenever the enemy, whenever the enemy tries to, whenever you okay, let's say whenever you're in a bad mood, you talk rude to people. You know it very well. But you should understand as well that the enemy will use that as a as a tactic to ruin the relationships God is bringing into your life. You, you, you do not be unaware of this device. The enemy is not, is not a creator, like I said. His, his ways are all too familiar. It's in the same way you're able to detect the fall, to, to predict the fall of a person. Because he has, he has pride. And Bible says pride goes before the fall. So the moment you see this person is prideful, you, see, you can tell, hmm, it's close to the end. The same way. I want you to be able to start examining your life this week. Be conscious of the enemy's device. When I say conscious, it means you are not unaware of the devices of the enemy. I follow me now, church. Real quick, I just want us to bow our heads and talk to, talk to the Lord right now. Father God, we we are talking. Just talk to God right now. Tell God, Father God, Lord, Lord, deliver my heart, God. Bring freedom to my heart and my soul, Holy Spirit. Everywhere that I, I am trapped, everywhere that my ignorance of the devices of the enemy has kept me in bondage to, to feelings, kept me in bondage to offenses, kept me in bondage to whatever it is. Father God, give, give, bring freedom to my heart, oh God. Bring freedom to my heart, oh God. Bring freedom to my heart, oh God. Hey, this is a prayer that I pray even in my, in my secret time. Bring freedom to my heart, oh God. Bring freedom to my heart, oh God. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Hey, listen, uh, listen. Another area in my life that I'm learning, like I said, I was about to say the other time, I, I, I almost forgot. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for bringing me back. Another area of my life where I am struggling, that I, that I discovered that I'm struggling with certain things, is not even forgiving people, forgiving myself. You know, sometimes we, I, sometimes we offend ourselves. Like, you offend you. When you start to reflect on how much you've done for someone, who do you hate the most? The person or yourself? You, when you reflect on, oh, I did that for that person. I did that. Oh my God, I starved just to feed that person. Do you know how much I, I have sacrificed? 
Do you know how much of my vision I share with that person only for you have to have them leave in the most abrupt and rude manner? And you start to reflect, and the only person you hate in that season is not even them. You hate yourself. And so now you're trapped in the offense, but it's not even against another person. It's against yourself. And do you know how much it's still, like I said, it constricts the whole, the flow of the Holy Spirit. But I want you to go into the season fully aware of the tactic of the enemy. Because I have seen this tactic been used before. Right now, heads bowed across this place. Father God, we pray, Jesus. God, we are models, you are flesh, God. We are humans, let me say it that way. And though we are spirits and our spirits have come to life, have crossed over from death to life, we are grateful for this opportunity, God. But also we are aware of the fact that we are, like I said last week, we are sand and we're sand and stones. We are we are refined, and yet we've got the unrefined areas of our lives, God. Where we are piling on forgiveness like people are piling rocks. We've got a part of our heart is hardened, the other part is is soft. It's, but Holy Spirit, we, we don't want to remain like that because we do not want to be hardened by the deceitfulness of sin. Like it says in the book of Hebrews chapter 13, verse 16. So Holy Spirit of God, help us. Because the only thing that, that, that breaks a hardened heart, y'all might not believe this, but it's love. The Bible says in the book of Romans chapter 5, it says that since the love of Christ is shed abroad across our hearts. And Father God, this hope is this hope and this love is what creates that room in us to love again, to dare to live again. Because we know what offenses have made us do in the past. Because of offenses, we find ourselves not trusting people again. We find ourselves not being able to even trust ourselves or trust God Almighty. Because we, have, we had imagined that God would do something for us a certain time in a certain way, but He didn't. And then we got offended and then we don't even trust Him to do other things for us in the future. Father God, we're asking Holy Spirit, that your love will just break the icing of our hearts. Amen. I pray, Holy Spirit, that your love will just break the hardness of our hearts. Amen. The word says that you shall replace the heart of stone with a heart of flesh. That is a heart that is able to love again, live again, hope again. So, Holy Spirit, God, help us, Holy Spirit. And Father God, I pray to everyone with an, with an anxious heart, with something to be anxious about. about. Something to be anxious about, something to be anxious about, something not working, how would something happen? Something not happening, how would something work? Lord, people, every person who is struggling with an anxious heart today, Father God, I pray. The Lord, you would give us the grace, God, to be able to humble ourselves under your mighty hand. So we would to cast all of our cares upon you, God. Because then only, God, can we experience the freedom to resist the enemy that he may flee from us. Thank you, Holy Spirit of God. We give you praise and glory, mighty God. May your name be praised. In Jesus' mighty and wonderful name, we have prayed. Amen and amen. Give it a hand.